WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. It is four past six and we're in the Toolkit Depot studio on a stunning 25 degree day. Thanks for your company. Fleet Network, WA's Novated Leasing Specialist. Tim Gossage, Scotty Cummings with you. Ben Poppin pushing buttons. Chris Clafunas running the show. We have got a lineup that you will absolutely love. After seven o'clock, the recently announced, and I talk of one hour ago, Scott Palmer Award winner for yeah. work during the AFL trade period. It's not a long period, but... Mitch Cleary, Channel 7's Mitch Cleary is going to join us. We're going to chat all things trade, talk about Dockers and Eagles, Harley Reid and who are the winners and losers. And He's after the best, Mitch. He is. And just before 7.30, Nathan Broad's going to join you us. You beauty. Swan District's Nathan Broad, yeah. plays for Richmond, Premiership player. Oh, three time. Three time. And all around good bloke as well. Part owner of one of the Caulfield Cup favourites, Solcom. Mm. So uh, a lot of Richmond boys are in this horse called Solcom. Goes good. Liam Baker, who we tried to get He's on, but beauty too. Bakes is over in the States. He said he'll come on when it wins. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Revolt. Um, Tommy Lynch is in there. Tommy Lynch. Uh, the other bloke, uh, Jaden Short. It's a good, good group of players. So. It'll be an uh, amazing day for the for the fellas, or all owners of all horses, I suppose. But the boys there will pay close attention to it because it's a big, big chance to win a big race like that. Yeah, fantastic. Doesn't wow. matter how much you own. You Doesn't still can matter say if you own point zero zero one percent of a hoof. Yep. But the big announcement. Have we got an announcement? Have we got an announcement, please? Just would like to make an announcement. Some... Yep, thank you. <laughs> The quiz is yes. back. Yes, and it's it's big prize, big. It is a golfing experience valued at almost thirteen hundred dollars, mm-hmm. thanks to Drummond Golf, Australia's biggest, locally owned and operated, and love the game as much as you. Now you are a rusted on Drummond Golf man. Absolutely, yeah. They're, well, they're the you know what Mitch Cleary best in the business. Brody won the best place. You'll meet Drummond Golf best in the business by a long, long stretch. Have your quiz hat on. It will be last person standing, and everyone who enters goes in the Goss Lotto Syndicate. Oh, oh a little double upper. Everyone oh. who rings goes straight in, so it's going to be an exclusive Goss Lotto Syndicate. Yep. Oh, I like this. I like it's only this. tiny. I'm not just going to open it up to every Tom, Dick and Harry. Well, you can sort of weigh up what would be more important, winning Goss Lotto or the uh, the Drummond prize pack, which is around for four at uh, at the Vines, including carts. Well, that's a given because, you know, you don't walk golf. Some Vines got some hills in it and that sort of stuff. Uh, which would be no good for your ear infection. We'll get on to that in a second. Uh, then you go to lunch at Bailey Brewing, spectacular, and you get 12 months membership to the Perth Golf Network. And they, Perth Golf Network, if you've never had a day, you've been out with a day with them, they have access to the best courses, all the members' courses across Perth, and they put on a great, great day. And you get a membership for that for 12 months. Yep. And you just get into tournaments and play in tournaments. When I was up in yeah. Kalgoorlie recently, the Perth Golf Network was up there playing Kalgoorlie. As well. So $1,300 prize up for grabs, and everyone who enters goes into Goss Lotto. And the $200 drum and golf voucher. Correct. Jeez. So the Goss Lotto syndicate is for Saturday. It's $20 million. So that's your consolation entry point. <laughs> yeah. So stay listening. Stay listening. 
Can I jump into the studio and call in? <laughs> Get your mates to call in, that's for sure and certain. Now, Scotty, I, I, I drove down to Bustleton yesterday. Yes, how was it? It was beautiful. I love Bustleton. Well, I didn't see much of Bustleton. I just drove in, did my job and drove back. So I was home by nice five. Nice drive. Beautiful drive. No traffic? No traffic. Yep, beautiful. No, brilliant. And I was down at the Abbey Beach Resort. Oh. And must say, probably, there was probably about 400 people attending the um, summit. This is the Southwest Connect. <laughs> I was going to say, what, the, the recording of your podcast? Southwest yes. Connect. And I was recording the, the ASX Mining Goss podcast down there with a couple of little uh, small cap companies. Avid listeners. Oh, brilliant. Avid down there walked in. They said, gee, you made good time. You are on the radio this morning. One bloke listened uh, on SEN Spirit. Another bloke listens on the app. Another bloke listened on the way down. Oh, great. So, great yeah. to hear. Yeah. So, uh, good morning hello to, to all of you. Everybody who uh, listened and came up to me yesterday and spreading the word about our breakfast show, and we, we certainly do appreciate it. And it was it was good down there. How would you perform in the podcast? Oh, no. Do you think you were good or do you think you struggled? Or? I struggled. Oh, what? No, the, I was the, not expecting that. Yeah, because oh, I can't hear. <laughs> oh. Left ear is completely shot. Were I'm you, done. Were you, were you looking away from them and pointing your right ear at them? So we mo- had to move location because it was amongst the, uh, the the sort of like the display area, which was good because we wanted to be seen, what, what we were doing. Of course. Um, and I couldn't hear them talking from the other side of the table. Oh, no. So we just had to shuffle a little bit to the right just away. But I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm on the improve. Have the you pun- had some drops? Yeah. Yeah. Got some drops in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Three times a day, one drop, but I'm doubling up. Oh, because you're a big man. I do that with all my medication. <laughs> one one tablet a day, please. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get help a 12-year-old. Anyway. Hey, mate, so uh, it was uh, well done to everyone who was down there, and we again, we appreciate that. So, I look uh, forward to getting back down there some stage soon. It's just a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely Good brilliant. Good people. So just remind yourself, that. so put the number in the phone, 13 12 55, wherever you are listening. It is the Scotty and Goss quiz. It does come up before 7 o'clock. Drum and Golf, Australia's biggest, locally owned and operated and love the game as much as you. What have we got for that prize? Well, it's a round for four at the Vines, which is in Great Nick, uh, including your carts. Then lunch at Bailey Brewing, spectacular. A 12-month That's about 500 bucks worth lunch at Bailey Brewing. Mate, and it's worth every cent. 300 bucks, actually. And... A 12-month membership to the Perth Golf Network, which gives you access to all the great courses across uh, across Perth at the, when they're having a the Perth Golf Network day, mm. and a $200 Drummond voucher. So, oh, Drummond stores everywhere, Aussie Park, Beckenham, Mandra, and there's a brand spanking new one just opened up in Booragoon. Okay. Uh, that has the, uh, the big swing golf simulators. They'll have a little bar there soon as well, and uh, you can go in and have a... Around a nine Australia with some mates and a couple of yeah. calories. A couple of beers uh, in a few weeks. Everyone who enters the competition goes in Goss Lotto for Saturday night's $20 million draw. Trade finished yesterday. The trading, Thank goodness. The picks can still be traded right up until yeah. trade time and until draft your, time. Until your pick. Yep, exactly right. So um, what did you make of it all unfolding? Don't want to dig too deep because we'll do that with Mitch Cleary after seven. Yeah, good. Um, well, you know what? When, when trade away comes, it's just like, just, just tell me who's gone where, please. And you have to, because of the way it is, you have to wait to the very, very end where everyone scurries to get deals done, the, where bluffs have been called and that sort of stuff. And they'll say, right, we'll just, we'll take that, we'll take that. But I was, you know, there's a couple of ones that I was interested in. Like Geelong said, no way are we accepting this pick 25 for um, for Asava Radigalia. And there's no way we're going to do that. So they took um, 
87 and 94 as well, which won't get used. They'll be both passed. There'll <laughs> only be about 50 to 60 selections in this year's draft, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So those ones sort of interest me a little bit, but it's all about points and that sort of stuff as well and going down the track. But anyway, we'll, um, we'll wait and see. I think um, I don't think there's any massive losers in the draft. Oh, I think Fremantle have... have well, maybe haven't performed as... Well, maybe they haven't ended up as well as everyone else, but they haven't... Okay, so, lost, so, lost. Well, they've lost a. So, so this is yeah. what. The, so the players out. Yeah. Think about picks. Lockie Schultz. Where would yeah. he rate in regards to their top ten players at the club? Uh, well, you know my thoughts on him. I rate him extremely highly for what he brings to that side. I'd have him. Oh, he's top five. He's okay. Probably the top first, five in the probably top five to eight picked every week. At his best, what was one of the sparks last year at Fremantle? Liam Henry. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, and he was one of the positives out of the season, no doubt about that. And one of the pillars down back, and I know I was a big fan and was surprised he wasn't getting used more when there was a spot, was Joel Hamley. He I just think you overcooked that. I think you overcooked He came that. in when needed, when Pierce was struggling, uh, when Cox got a bit injured. You'd need the extra tall down back. That's a really big point because I think you remember two days ago, I think it was, where we spoke about the issues that they may have with keeping players in the side in that back in that back six. You know, does Alex Pierce survive twenty four games next season? Does Brennan Cox survive twenty four? Uh, Luke Ryan is resilient; he plays most weeks. Uh, but if they go, if they have one that goes down, that's when you, I guess every that's, club that's needs you need your depth. a Joel Hamling type player. Every club has one just sitting there for. Yeah, and knowing what they are on the list, mm. but he saw a better opportunity at Sydney. Sydney needed him with what happened with Paddy McCartan. Tom McCartan needs a chop out down back. They are small in defender's size at Sydney. So I think if Sydney I have a look well. at Fremantle, I'm worried about what Fremantle have lost. I'm not, and 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 I'm going to speak to Mitch Cleary after seven. But there is a huge push for people that think that Justin Longmuir has been dealt a really rough hand as the coach mm. with what he's got at his disposal, a number of players have gone out the door. Now, he may have played a part in all of these, but the, most coaches mm, don't. Well, I, I think if you – you know what, if you're a really different coach, if you're really um, – not poor or ordinary coach is the wrong choice of words, but if you're an aggressive coach or a really um, stringent coach, as in like just setting your way sort of thing, that can put a lot of people off. I don't think Justin Longmuir is that – um, he changed his ways after about the first four games. Yeah, he did, which I th- which I think is fantastic. I think that shows great maturity and understanding in yourself as well, and it puts your ego aside to say, "Well, what I'm doing is not working. I'm going to try something else." And I, I don't mind that. So, but I agree with you. I think their list hasn't got better since he's been the coach, which is really ordinary luck for him. Um, Simon of Clement, thank you, Simon. I, I think you're listening to us. I'm not sure because I know you do listen to Pete and Hayes and Mardo and text as well. He says, ha, ha, Henry not a pillar. I don't think Henry was the pillar word. I think Henry is the spark. And I think Fremantle needed that spark that he provided. At his best, he was good. I'm not a huge Liam Henry fan. You know where I sit with Liam yeah, Henry. you think it's a bit too soon. Yeah, and I do think it's a worry going to to. Melbourne town at a club like St Kilda. It's all very well. I'm going to live with Brad Hill and Brad Hill's going to be doing this and Brad Hill's going to be doing that. Brad Hill's just going to be worrying about Brad Hill eventually. And Liam Henry's old enough to be looking after himself. Yeah, well, right? yeah, that's the thing. At some stage. What, what it does 17. do, when you do move away, it makes you grow up pretty quickly. Yep. And and he'll have to do that and he'll have to fend for himself at some stage. There's no doubt about that. It's a, he's 
when we were talking about this the other day, what you've said, he's going to be one of the, the interesting watchers for Correct. next season. I agree. Uh, this one from Noddy, who's a regular. If we go by the plays like comparisons of draftees, are the Eagles better off keeping pick one Reed compared to Dusty or split the pick and get McKercher compared to Merritt and Curtin compared to Pavlich, Sisley, Noddy? Noddy, Curtin is not going to go inside the top three. So two and three are not going to get it. Drifted. Yeah, he's drifted. Now they like him and they really would like him to stay. He wants to be at West Coast, but West Coast can't be fooled by the needs of the boy. They need to go after oh, the best available. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But big blokes are harder to find than your midfielders. Like they are big key position players. Is he going to be Daniel King going to be key position in the AFL? No, I don't think so. No, I think he's more of a half back. He can play. Keep so you reckon he'll be a little the, bit undersized. The second or third string yes. defender. Yeah, but left footer is huge. Yeah, I think left footer, um, and he can play forward as well. He's a bit of everything, to be brutally honest with you. So is he going to be? He's not Harley. Stephen Ray. May or or Jake Lever. Jake Lever. Yeah, or Harris Andrews or um, who was who was <laughs> prison bloke who didn't play. <laughs> there was Darcy Gardner who came in, but. Um, it was a prison bloke that got it, went out injured. I'm out of a brain fart. <laughs> uh, Brian? Ron? Oh, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. That'll come to me at some stage. Oh, boy. <laughs> Who's Brian? Who was the... We're all Brian! Oh, boy, oh, boy, wow. Well, That's Brian? Who was the Brisbane defender that missed the grand final? They ruled him out. See? Not that easy, is it? Payne! Jackson Payne! Oh, my God. That hurt. <laughs> it's not a name that sprung to mind, I must admit. Um, but he's the second stringer for the Harris Andrews. So is that what Daniel Curtin's going to I'm be? getting tired of saying this. I'm going to tell you now. Harley Reid. You sound like Harley Reid. I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. Harley Reid won. Yes. West Coast are very comfortable with trading for two and three to get McKercher and Dersma. Yep. That's it. Simple as that. Daniel Curtin is a five and six. If they can do some magical deal that can get trade out a pick for next year, this uh, they've just got to do something magical if they really, 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 really want Daniel Curtin. But they will get Daniel Curtin. He'll be there somewhere. Yeah. He'll be there somewhere. I look going to get a breakaway and come back. Um, going to talk more in a moment. Don't forget, we've got our wonderful drum and golf quiz coming up. 13-12-55. I want to touch on something that happened yesterday. Um, I'm not going to come off the long run because I think me coming off the long run won't ref- – I've got to be careful what I say because yeah, I'm actually worked up over the issue and I'm talking about the West Coast Eagles AFLW team. Come off the long run. We'll take a break and come back. It's 18 past 6, 15 degrees heading for a top of 25, 31 for Jack's wedding on Saturday up at Sandalford. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, would like it a little cooler if we could. Thanks. Uh, this is Scotty Engels. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossie. Scotty and Goss, don't forget after 6.30 on this day, we've also got a sports update. We've got our quiz coming up. Drum and Golf 13, 12, 55. After 7, Mitch Cleary talking all things draft. He took out the Scotty Palmer, which is for the best media performer during the AFL trade weeks. 
And also joining us in the studio, Nathan Broad, of course, the boy from Swan District's Richmond Premiership player, West Aussie, and part owner of Solcom goes around on Saturday in the Caulfield Cup. He will be in the studio. Scotty, a bit of bad blood, and uh, the West Australian have been reporting ad nauseum over the last few days about Michael Pryor's post-match comments. Yeah, he's in their sights. Yeah, um, he was very brutal to the AFL about their fixturing that West Coast are playing the Premiers in Melbourne, and that, you know, it's unfair, and they've only won this many games, and he's been smashed. He came out and apologised. Was it that big a deal? Like He said something in a post-game presser that some people didn't like, and was it that big a deal? Yeah, I, I think it, I, I, it was such a big comment to make without the club knowing because you don't just speak. You're speaking on behalf of the club, and that's a very big slight on the AFL when you are just a coach. And that's very un-Michael-like. I think he was frustrated. Yeah. This is his comments about the – this is his apology, uh, Michael Pryor, coach of the Eagles, AFLW. It was a comment born out of a lot of frustration and passion. So um, it was probably the wrong time, or it was definitely the wrong time. Um, wasn't the the view of the footy club, um, and as I said, a lot of frustration in that. Given the second half that we we delivered on the weekend, so um, what I said was inappropriate. I've apologised. I've put out a statement. Um, I've spoken to the players and and the club about that, and. Um, you know, regretful. I'm sorry about that. But, um, you know, as I said, frustration really led to that. So this is chicken and the egg stuff. Where does the frustration come out, come from? Does it come from underachieving, being underprepared, or just so far off the pace that it's borderline embarrassing now? Well, I think I think that frustration will come from the work that all, co- all coaches across every level, right, whether it's they're doing it the right way or the wrong way, they work their backsides off. Correct. And they have been working hard on the West Coast Eagles AFLW team skills by all, all reports. It's been a big focus on them. Um, and they put in a mountain of time and effort. And if they're not getting that or they don't see the signs of any sort of reward, it would frustrate them. Emma Swanson is the captain. Yeah, obviously the way the post-game press conference happens, it happens once we've all gone home. So um, I won't lie, it was a bit of a shock for the playing group, I think, when we first heard the uh, heard the comments. And um, I think lucky for all of us, we were back, back in the club less than 24 hours later and we were able to talk to Mick face-to-face and um, hear his own ownership and apology. And um, it's one of the things that I love so much about this footy club and the culture is that you take ownership over your mistakes and we forgive each other and we move on. And that gets done at a player level, player to player, and it gets done from coaches as well. So we moved on pretty quickly. So, Emmy, the playing group still has confidence in Mick as coach? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Emmy. Um, I, I, I don't even think asking. The players at AFLW level shouldn't be deciding whether the coach is good or not. No. And I'm, so, I'm not sure you often hear too. And you know, maybe it's just on, maybe I'm a dinosaur on this one, but not too often do you hear a player say, yeah, well, you know, he's owned his mistakes. Like saying that the coach has made a mistake. I would never have said that in my lifetime. If the coach said something that the media asked me about, I said, well, that's the coach. Yep, no worries at all. That's, um, he's the boss. Um, anyway, we should have played better here and we should have done this better and we got our, we got belted here. And you, I don't think you joined the – I don't think she actually has joined the pylon on the coach, but she's actually agreeing with everyone else, saying, yeah, he's made a mistake. It was an ordinary comment and we were shocked. 
I just don't think that's the right way to handle it. I'm just a bit unsure about what he's apologising for. Uh, Is he apologising to – because I don't think he actually said that – he certainly didn't get personal towards his playing group. No, no. He just said, this is how far away we are from being competitive and that is the elite Melbourne, the premiership team. And I've said this – strides above most. Brisbane, Collingwood, St Kilda on a massive improve. Adelaide. Adelaide are always going to be hard to beat. Melbourne are elite. West Coast, it is the I, – I, I, I can't be personal. I don't want people losing their jobs. It's not about that. But they don't look fit. They don't play well. Their skill level is poor, poor. And they have to take ownership as players. And I know Emma Swanson might come out and Dana Hooker might come out and, they, and, and Ella Roberts is elite. Ella Roberts, but you know what? Be careful, West Coast, because Ella Roberts won't cop that much longer. She is one of their leading well, – she's arguably their best player. She's, she's their best player. In her second season? She's their best player yep. and she's young and she's only going to get better. But she's the next wave. We can keep saying, oh, yeah, they're coming through and the local competition is getting better and the the next draft combine looks like we're going to get some talent and we'll get all that sort of stuff. I'm going to tell you now, they are so far off the pace in regards to the way they play the game and a lot of the players at West Coast and Fremantle, to a lesser extent, have been playing the game just as long as some of the Melbourne players. Mm. Well, they've been in the comp five The gap is alarming and it doesn't just fall on the coach. Mick's under pressure to hold his gig. I get that. They've had a number of coaches in a very short space of time. A lot of people involved in that program. Everyone works incredibly hard at that football club to make it work. Maybe the players need to work a little bit harder. Maybe they need to come in a little bit more. And I know it's hard because they're not getting paid a huge amount of money, but this is their dream and that dream will end for them if they don't start to actually get put the shoulder to the wheel and come in fit, work unbelievably hard on their skill level, not just on training nights, the way they prepare, the way that they uh, arrive at the airport. Uh, there's so many things that footballers have to be better at, and they're not the only club that's doing it, but the gap between them and Melbourne is scary, and it's up to not just the coaching staff and the the behind-the-scenes West Coast Eagles football department to make it work. The players have got to take some ownership. And I know they might might turn – sorry, I know I'm ranting, but I'm just saying they might turn around and say, oh, you know, we're working really hard. You're hard and Melbourne's hard and Adelaide's hard and Brisbane's hard. Have a look at the players when they stand there, the size of them, the skill level, the kick, the mark, the warm-up. It is shoddy at times by West Coast and others. Melbourne, they train and play and prepare like they are the best. And you are, and you can only make excuses. And poor old Michael Pryor is going to come out and apologise for making an off-the-cuff comment. Do something about it as a playing group. I would have loved Emma Swanson to come out as captain and say, this is not about our coach, it's about us as players. Correct. We've got to be better in our performance. She may say that internally, yeah. but externally. Externally, that's d- the message too, that's though. Correct. That, I and agree that's with your you. role as, as your captain. Instead of... Pushing that all aside and, and putting the attention on the coach that sometimes you've got to look at yourselves as well. And to me, that looks like it's a bit of, um, well, that's it's not out. Yeah, that's all about, that's the coach. That's the coach's folders or the coach said those things. Blah, blah, blah. Let's not shine a light on how we're going. 
Stop no, saying we're in our infancy as well. Oh, get no, on with five it. Five years into it. Get in, get on with it. You've got a good enough talent group there to get going, and it shouldn't be rely on the same same people. Swanson, same same people. Uh, the young girl, of course, Ella, uh, Ella Roberts, who's just Dana an elite player. And, yeah. Dana, the same ones are trudging around. The, the the bottom players have got to be better. The top players have got to drag them through. But as a collective. Stop blaming everything else about preparation. You've got to be better, better as a football club. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there. I'm getting really worked up over this, and I don't know why. Uh, it's coming up. Uh, we're going to be having our original Mattress Factory sports update. The you quiz. Do down. The quiz. Yes, 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 yes. Is not far away as well. Scotty Ingalls. Oh. Okay. Gone back to the original sports uh, throw, have we? Original Mattress Factory, OMF, Australian-owned and designed. Yeah. Chris Clafunis is here with a sports update. Well, they run their own on. show, don't they, the, uh, the panel ops? They just run their own show. <laughs> they bring got... their own basket of goodies. <laughs> 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 we got Betty Popham in today. Link's gone. His rogue ideas are out the door. Yeah. We're back to tradition, which I like. And you, Betty. Uh, trade talk. It all went down yesterday, of course. Deadline day. We'll be going deep into it with Mitch Cleary later on, but plenty of deadline day deals done. Ivan Soldo to Port Adelaide was massive. Jack Ginevan to Hawks. Jordan Sweet to Port Adelaide. Sava Radical got his move as well to Port. And, uh, and we did see, of course, that Brandon Zerk Thatcher moved to the power as well. And Xavier Dersma went the other way to the Bombers. Um, cricket. Yep. Last night, World <laughs> Cup. That ball, wickets. Yep, yep. go ahead. Yep. What happened? New Zealand, they beat Afghanistan. Oh, the powerhouse, because they were on a roll. They had one in a row. They were on fire, Afghanistan. Yep. They got absolutely hammered. New Zealand made six for 288 from their 50 overs before dismissing Afghanistan for 139 in 34.4 overs. They may have done a little bit better, Afghanistan, if they held one of the seven catches they dropped. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, other cricket news. Perth Scorchers have confirmed the signing in the WBBL of Nat Siva Brunt, which is uh, huge news. She said, no, I'm not going to take part in the WBBL draft. She was injured, wasn't she? She was injured, yeah. came back a little bit quicker from injury than expected. Perth Scorchers have said, thank you very much. We'll sign one of the best players in the Went world. Down well, it's Lanning, it's Meg, gone Meg, down well, hasn't it? Meg Lanning has spat the chew out in front of the MCG the other day about it. Bad Very luck. unhappy. Bad luck. And uh, in football news, soccer news, Brazilian star Neymar is sent for a lengthy spell on the sidelines. Oh, no. Toenail? Confirmed Ingrown. ACL. Oh. So please don't joke about that, Scotty. Okay. Okay? Well, Serious. He has got a history of Fallen over. He has, but uh, unfortunately, the 31 year old will undergo surgery, could be done at that age. The OMF, big, big spring sale. The original mattress factory is now on with up to 60% off selected mattresses. Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. Power in a day because the little things are everything. Happy birthday for celebrating birthday, 19th day of October. It's National Ride to Work Day, so I'll get in my car and say hello <laughs> to all the cyclists. Oh, if only I knew that earlier. <laughs> I didn't know earlier. I would have written, oh. George McRae, 79. Nineteen seventy four. That was a hit. Absolutely, US singer George McRae celebrating a birthday today. John Lithgow, seventy eight. He's an American actor. Mm. He appeared in this. He's in 
it loose. I don't think he had a big dancing role, <laughs> no, did he? I don't think so. Oh, he's Lord Farquhar. That's who he is. Pardon? Lord Farquhar. Same I'm to you, sure. mate. <laughs> Patrick Simmons is 73. Oh, that water, keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on he was in the Doobie Brothers. Oh, good, the Doobie Brothers. Oh, he's considering your name's Patrick Simmons. I don't know how he got in, but anyway, we'll go with that. <laughs> no, they're a myth. They've had us fooled the whole time. The earbiter is 61 today. Oh. oh, and some nasty stuff in there. There need to be a bite almost. Holyfield is very unhappy. Look at this. It looked as if Tyson Bear's the bitey. He's the bitey, not the bitey. Of course, Evander Holyfield had his ear bitten by Mike Tyson in 1997. But anyway, Evander's still going. Can't hear a single thing, but he's 61. <laughs> <laughs> he's 61. But I know how he feels. I know how he feels. <laughs> DJ Sammy's 54. Yeah. On this day in 1872, a 215-kilogram gold nugget was found in New South Wales. Imagine that. Imagine finding a gold nugget of that size. It's not a nugget. It's a boulder. (laughs) Exactly. But it's described as a nugget. I'll kick me toe on this rock. I know. Hey, Banjo Patterson's Man from Snowy River and other verses were published on this day in 1895. Also on this day, Jose Feliciano recorded this. Girl, we couldn't get much higher. Come on, baby, light my fire. 1967. That's the Doors version. His version is beautiful singer, Jose Feliciano. In 1985, Blockbuster Video opened their first store for business on this day. The last store was in Morley, closed at the end of 2019. I did a conference for Blockbuster Video, and at the time, at the time, I was the MC. It was a day long, but how are we going to progress to the future? Amazing we talk about how, how businesses and things just end. Where is the Kodak factory now? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's probably a... Tesla dealership now. Correct. But you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? So where, so where are the – did you know there's no TAB in Bustleton? What? It's closed down permanently. Really? It just like runs there's, online. Or in a mm. pub, but there's no actual TAB shop. Mm. I find it staggering. I find it staggering. Anyway, hey, Tom Bosley uh, passed away on oh, this no. day. Yeah, uh, in 2010. Mr. C. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Oh. Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, <laughs> What was that? You don't know him. Yeah, Mr. C. It's Mr. C. He's <laughs> on the phone's calling me. <laughs> well, he didn't deserve a snort. <laughs> Is that ear related? Who else you got? Great, great TV show. Well, it's really time. Good family viewing. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, On this day, October 19th, National Ride to Work Day, celebrating thanks to Barrow Day because little things are everything. And Spencer Davis sadly died on this day in 2020, age 81 of pneumonia. He was the (laughs) Mr. D. Mr. Spencer Davis. Hey, let's. Here's Spencer Davis. Uh Anyway, pegged away uh, 81 on this day. So he's not running at all. (laughs) But, ladies and gentlemen, 
It's time. We're quizzing it up right now. 13, 12, 55. Give us a call. What's up for grabs, Scotty? A $1,200 voucher, uh, which includes a round for four at the Vines with carts, lunch at uh, Bailey Brewing, a 12-month membership to Perth Golf Network and a $200 Drummond voucher, all thanks to our great mates at uh, Drummond Golf. The best in the business. 13, 12, 55. You've got a call now. It is the last person standing in our quiz. It's a sports quiz. It's real, real easy. Let me tell you, the quiz guy who wrote the questions, Whoa, he won't be writing them again. Stuff. He won't be writing them again. Let me tell you right here, right now. He's that easy. 13, 12, 55. Everyone who rings to go in the quiz oh. is in the Goss Lotto 20 million draw as well. 13, 12, 55. You've got to get to it now. Best in, first served. Here we go. the legacy of A. Gilchrist. <laughs> That's what he left us with. And she, I just I can see him laughing every time he comes on. Scotty and Goss Quiz, a Drummond golf experience like no other. $1,279 worth. Drummond Golf are Australia's biggest locally owned and operated and love the game as much as you. Drummond Golf, we've been waiting for a moment like this forever and it takes a bloody good company yep. like Drummond Golf to finally see the light and get on board with our show. Aussie Park, Beckenham, Mandra and the brand spanking new one in Booragoon open now. Alrighty, it's time to hit the questions. So it is last player standing. Outstanding. Just pull the music down and thanks a little bit, Penny Popham. Let's go to our first caller, and it is Merv in Ellen Brook. Merv, very good morning. Good morning, Tim. So to all these following Merv, you can Google all you like while the question is on for the person <laughs> ahead of you, but if you take time to answer any question, you're going to hear this sound. <clears throat> so if you take too long, <clears throat> we're not Dr. Googling. Yeah. All righty? Yeah, get a, better, right. get a better network. So you're first off, Merv. You've just got to be last man standing in that prize. What is the prize pack again, please, Scott? It is a round for four at the Vines, including carts, lunch at Bailey Brewing, and 12-month membership at the Perth Golf Network, and a $200 gift of voucher to any of the Drummond Golf stores. And, Merv, you are literally a three-iron away from the Vines Golf oh, Course, right where you are in Ellenbrook. Absolutely. I played there a couple of months ago, and it was fantastic. Uh, good on you. All right, let's start with a golf question and an easy one just to kick it off. Min Woo Lee recently won which golf open? Uh, Macau. Strong. And did you know he's gone with the mullet's gone since the win? Yeah. yeah. What's that all about? I think you had to win and get rid of the mullet. One of those not shaving till we win time. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Merv is alive. Doesn't matter how many you get, Merv, you've just got to be alive at the end, mate. There's not that many questions, let me tell you. Excluding North Melbourne and West Coast, which team polled the lowest amount of Brownlow votes this year? Bit of a shock. Have produced many a Brownlow medalist. Oh, not the Bulldogs. Ryan's in Australia. Ryan, good morning. Good morning, boys. How are you going? North Melbourne, West Coast. Well, yeah, no Ryan. small talk, mate. Get on with it. Which oh. team polled the amount of Brownlow votes? The least. The least amount, excluding West Coast and North Melbourne. Hawks? Oh, uh, not Hawthorne. Let's go to Mark in Carlisle. Carlisle. I like he's just down the road. Mm-hmm. Mark, good morning. Hi, boys. 
Uh, well, thanks, Mark. You're going very well. The uh, right. question for you is, excluding North Melbourne and West Coast, which team polled the lowest amount of Brownlow votes this year? Richmond. Thanks for calling. See you, Mark. Let's go to Harlem. He's uh, We'd love Harlem. Oh, that's allowing Googling time. It is Google time for Harlem of Lansdale. Ex- no, I'm not that quick enough. I'm too old. Excluding North Melbourne and West Coast, which team polled the lowest amount of Brownlow votes? They've produced many a Brownlow medalist in more recent times. And, in fact, they had one of the favourites for a long part of this year as well. Bulldogs? No, you've got to... had them. Yeah. I used to listen too, Harlem. Uh, see you later. Uh, David is in, I think, Magamba or Magumba. I'm not exactly sure where this is. David, good morning. Yeah, top of the morning, boys. Magumba. Whereabouts is Magumba again? Have we had this conversation before? Yeah, yeah, just recently, mate. Half hour north of Jinjin. All oh, right, mate. That'd be good. He's having troubles there. He's got an no, ear no, pro- he's got an ear problem. He's got an ear problem, David. Listening's not not a strength. Thirty twelve fifty five. If you want to queue up, because I tell you what, there's some gaps all of a sudden appeared on our board. It's a pretty easy one, to be honest. We've eliminated well, a few. Not as hard. North Melbourne, West Coast. Which team polled the lowest amount of Brownlow votes this year? Nice work, nice work, nice work. So now you can all ring back now that you have uh, been stumped on that. 13, 12, 55, the drum and golf quiz is what we're playing. That was probably the hardest one, I reckon. Yeah, I agree. This gets easy from now. West Coast brought in two players in the trade period. Name them. Oh, Shizen. Um, uh, uh, the forward from Hawthorne. Um... <laughs> I'm going to need oh, a bit more information. Okay. Yeah, no, that Brockman. Brockman. Nice, nice, Good. nice. Yeah, and one. one more, one more. If you're struggling with him. Um, oh, trying to think who wants to play for the Eagles, mate, and I'm coming up empty. <laughs> oh, I can't. No, nah, sorry, it's going to come to me. Sorry, fellas. That's I'm okay. Thank you, out. David. Thirteen, twelve, fifty-five. Let's go to John and Woodvale. He's good to have him back, Johnny. Johnny, good morning. Morning, fellas. Radio. Who are they? West Coast brought in two players in the trade period. Uh, Brockman and Flint. Nice work by no, you. I, I, can, I can see this being over pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, so, so can I. Uh, which club uh, did the ones? The fault of all those people who sit back and wait. Mm. Which club did Lockie Schultz move uh, into in the trade period? Oh. Uh, Collingwood. Lockie Neal. Yeah, Lockie Neal won the Brownlow medal. What year did uh, he win his first Brownlow medal? Uh, Twenty twenty. You're excited, John, for goodness sake. Mate. Yeah, don't be boring, mate. Yeah. You don't even play golf. Who's <laughs> been the highest scorer for Australia so far this World Cup? Oh, jeez. <laughs> 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 yeah, gotcha. Don't worry about that. Hey, we had well, someone looking at you. The favourite has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> He's lords on and lost. He'll, he'll win eventually. Got caught in the run. He'll win eventually. Let's go to David in Palmyra. David, good morning. David. Dave, don't hang up. There's your chance, mate. Oh, he's gone. Oh, you know what happens when you're listening on the app? <laughs> you're on the app and you're Googling as well. It all gets too much and the phone cuts out. <laughs> all right. Hey, Lansdale's Brendan. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, mate, you get this right, you're home, because it gets easy from here. Who's the highest run scorer for Australia so far in the World Cup? Oh, jeez. Uh, probably no one. Um, <laughs> I'll say English. 
No, mm. not Josh Inglis. All righty. Keep the calls coming. 13, 12, 55. Uh, good to see Twinkles online. We haven't had Twinkles for a while. Twinkles, good morning. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good to have you back, you're obviously. Still, you're still celebrating, brother? Oh, mate, I don't think I'll stop until we win again next year. <laughs> Big pies, man. Yeah, it's interesting, though. You've uh, haven't, We haven't heard from you from ages. All of a sudden, we put on a decent pris, uh, a prize for a quiz, and um, you get busy. Yeah. That's all right. You are officially a what's, front what's runner. What's the point, guys? Yeah. Uh, you're, a front, you're a front runner, Twinkles. That's exactly what you are. Oh, mate. But I do right? love you. I hey, do love you. By, I win by default. I love you, mate. I love, I love you, love too, you. Jimmy. Who's been the highest scorer for Australia so far this World Cup? Uh, highest score for Australia this World Cup, I would say, would be loose bus change. What was, what was the answer? Did you say loose bus change? Loose bus change. Loose bus You had right. no idea. I was going to buzz you out. Be careful flirting with uh, jokes right now, Twinkles. There's All righty. In the cricket. Hey, let's get going because we're going to get to the news. In the Cricket World Cup, the Netherlands beat which team on Tuesday night? <laughs> He's amusing himself. <laughs> Perth Wildcats will be looking to bounce back after a difficult weekend. Which teams did they lose to last Friday and then on the weekend? Uh, you know that moment when you're sort of floating along and then you've got a big kick in the nuts at the end? <laughs> That's that moment. See you later. Rightio. Let's go to <laughs> David. Thank you. Have a good day, Twinkles. David's in Palmyra. Dave, good morning. Morning, how are you? You've come and gone, Dave, but you're back. Mm. Wildcats lost two games last weekend. Who did they lose to? They lost two back-to-back. This is it. Uh, uh, Cairns and Melbourne. John's in Wembley Downs. John, good morning. Good morning, Goss. How are you, buddy? Good, mate. Who are the two uh, teams? I think it was United and the Kings. Correct. Last one for the win. Oh. What's the prize pack, Scott? It is uh, round for four at the Vines, including cards, lunch at Bailey Brewing, and a 12-month membership to Perth Golf Network, and $200 voucher to spend at Drummond Golf. Thanks to Drummond Golf. They are the best. Australia's biggest, locally owned and operated and love the game as much as you. John of Wembley Downs has come in at the right end. Who are the West Coast Eagles going to take pick one at this year's draft if they still have the pick? <laughs> John of Wembley Downs. <laughs> Harley Reid. Yeah! Well Johnny! Johnny! That's a big, big prize. Do you play golf, John? Tell you me are you, kidding. Tell boy. me you play golf, mate. Tell me you play golf. Mate, I love golf. and I love, I'm a long-time listener, but first-time caller. Ah. Father of Michaela and Joel. Fantastic. What? What? Hang on, what? Father of Michaela and Joel. Father of Michaela and Joel. Jo- Weston? Are you Johnny yeah, Weston from Wembley Downs? Yes. Yeah. Mick's a legend, mate. We love Mick. She's a oh, star. She might not like us so much. I paid out on yeah. them earlier on the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, Johnny, you're going to go good. to the Vines with uh, with three friends. Um, you're going to have oh. a round there for, uh, for four of you, obviously, with carts. You're going to go to Bailey Brewing for lunch afterwards. Are you going to get uh, 12-month membership to the Perth Brilliant. Golf Network and a $200 voucher to spend at Drummond Golf here in Wembley Downs? Nearest one will be Osborne Park for you. Brilliant. Ask for Wayne. He'll look after you. 
Thanks, boys. That is an absolute magnificent prize. Thank you very, very much. Uh, and thank, really you for, thank you for listening. And, and again, we do love Mickey Weston and Joel as well, who's doing good things with Claremont. <laughs> good on you, mate. Appreciate it, Johnny. Good on you, mate. Thanks, There's guys. John of Wembley Downs and everyone who played. We'll be doing it again, uh, of course, not too far away. Thanks to Drum and Golf, Australia's biggest locally owned and operated and love the game as much as you. A break coming up after 7 o'clock. Thanks to the team at Fleet Network. You won't want to miss our interview with Mitch Cleary. He's the best in the business. We'll wrap up trade a couple of weeks next on Scotty and Goss. That's the applause for our next guest. Yeah, he deserves it. He's not only the best in the business as a everyday wall-to-wall footy reporter based at uh, Melbourne, of course, for Channel 7. AFL trade, he was elite. In fact, this morning I heard with uh, Gary and Kane that he'd taken out the Scotty Palmer as the elite yep. reporter during the AFL trade period. Mitch Cleary, good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on board. My prestigious award, mate. Uh, you'd be pretty, uh, pretty pumped, Mitch. And the thing we love about you, mate, and I've, you know, we've got along for a long, long time now, is that you manage to do your job without being a complete flog. I mean, and, and I think that's important. Oh, I learnt from you from a young age, then, Scotty. I always remember we used, uh, used to produce some shows together back in the day, and uh, I must have taken a leaf out of your book. No, thanks for that. It's been uh, a busy couple of weeks, and. Uh, yeah, maybe a bit of pressure mounting on the Dockers, which I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah, uh, mate, how did you uh, sit down after the AFL trade crazy period, in particular yesterday, which was absolutely whiz-bang madness? How did you uh, finish up the night? If I'm being completely honest, my girlfriend is away in a chuka at the moment for the races. I got home last night, fed the dog, took my suit off, sat on the couch in my jocks and had a beer. So... Um, <laughs> Hello to everyone listening yeah. at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> Jeez, yesterday we yeah. had ear infections. Now we've got Mitch Cleary in his jocks. These are some visuals we don't need at this time of day. <laughs> uh, so I just sat there and watched a bit of the Cricket World Cup last night and uh, tried to forget about the last three weeks. Because you have a few Barneys along the way, but you try and, uh, try and get to the line, which we did in the end. I mean, does, it, does it frustrate you? Cause I don't, it frustrates me is that... that We've got, what, 10 days or whatever to, to work all this out and then at the very last minute that it, uh, it all just happens in a, uh, in a flurry, you, you get frustrated and go, well, well this was going to happen nine days ago. Why couldn't you have done it then? Yeah, and I think that's epitomised, Scotty, by the Geelong deal for Astarvarati Galea. The power offered pretty much on day one, pick 25, and then you get right to the end on day 10, and they've thrown in pick 70 and 90 to, as a little sweetener to get that done. Andrew Mackey basically said the power rung. They offered, they had a 20-second conversation on day one, and they didn't pick up the phone again for five or six days. So I guess you, off the back of that example, you could shorten it a little bit. In saying that, the only thing I would say is if it was shorter, we'd be just talking about it more in a grand final week, and there'd be more deals happening earlier sort of behind the scenes. So... I don't mind the length of it in totality. Maybe this year we're just talking about it and sort of the questioning the length given, you know, last to last day we're talking about Massimo D'Ambrosio and, and Jacob Kaczynski as opposed <laughs> to previous years when we've been talking about Josh Dunkley, Adam Trelaw, Jeremy Cameron and these sort of deals. Yeah, very true. Uh, I've uh, been heavily smashed on socials, as you can imagine, uh, when I didn't really think, apart from your Taylor Allens and, and Lockie Schultz and the move of Grundy and, and a couple of others, but really some of these blokes uh, have commanded a lot of headlines. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't getting the game at their basic and club. I agree with you completely there. And, and Kano, we agree with Kano in the fact that it seems to be during trade period, Mitch, that a lot of players become a whole lot better than they've ever shown us. <laughs> 
actually, with about an hour and a half yesterday, I had my list of eight players who still could move, and I, I reckon six of them were VFL regulars. So, Savarati Glee has gone and turned into Glenn Jakovic all of a sudden, which we like, <laughs> and Ivan Soldo's all of a sudden Dean Cox. So, it's, it's the beauty of trade period. What I do like is that players who, you know, might be 25th on one list, you know, teams will back themselves to get them into their first 18 elsewhere. I do like that prospect of it. And in all honesty, I reckon next year's going to be much bigger. The salary cap's been tinkered. You know, players are going to be earning 30% more. I reckon the last couple of years, teams have been a bit hamstrung by the CBA. Mm. Now that's happened, I reckon next year and the next couple of years will explode with a bit more player movement. You left out that Ben McKay turned into Ash McIntosh as well, which was <laughs> uh, yeah, fantastic effort by... Incredible, incredible. Mitch Cleary is our guest, Channel 7's best in the business. AFL trade is over. So, Mitch, the big winner, I think Sydney, I think they acted the best mm. quickly. They they swooped in on what they wanted. They missed a couple of targets, but they didn't dwell on it and they got moving. And maybe the biggest loser is right here in WA. Maybe Fremantle have been set back on their heels, albeit you speak to Peter Bell and everything went according to plan. What's your thoughts on the winners and losers of the draft? The trade. I agree with Sydney. Yeah, I agree with Sydney. They've, they've gone and got Taylor Adams and Brodie Grundy, who will instantly make them better. And James Jordan, who won a flag at Melbourne, was, uh, you know, the sub in that grand final in your backyard in Perth, um, is a pretty handy pickup for that midfield depth. I'm with you on the Dockers. Um, I think they, they severely lost the Liam Henry trade. They did a right out of the Lockie Schultz trade, but it doesn't help them next year get any better at all. They've got three first-round picks for next season. So that's a pretty strong hand to potentially go after Logan McDonald out of Sydney, who's out of contract at the end of 2024. But this is a side goss that won a home final 12 months ago. They've got a coach going into the last year of his contract. I almost feel for Justin Longmuir. The list has gone backwards in the last two years. Yes, they've got younger. You know, Mundy retires. A few of these guys move on. Um, you know, Fife and Walters are coming to the end of their career. But this list hasn't got any better and it's going to have to rely on these young guys, that, you know, the Neil Erasmus, the Matthew Johnsons of the world, to get better if this team is to make the jump, which I don't think, um, you know, is helping Justin Longmuir, you know, progress his, his coaching future. So I saw Corbin Middlemass, a good friend of ours, last night on Twitter, suggesting they should re-sign Justin Longmuir. I'm all for that because he can't go into the first 10 weeks of next year fighting for his career when the list, um, you know, isn't helping him by any stretch. It's a very good point, and I reckon it'll be something that will be discussed uh, heavily. What about West Coast? Mitch uh, bringing in Tyler Brockman, which will be really, really handy, I think, and Matt Flynn, just to shore up their uh, their ruck stocks, uh, which was desperately needed. They've done okay. Yeah, I think so. And and the threat of the pre-season draft helped them with Tyler Brockman. I think they got him for unders. They didn't have to give up a great deal for him. And, and still, at the end of the period, they've got pick one. I always reckon, Scotty, when the... Teams will have to wait and sit and go harder. I reckon they'll get better offers for pick one in the next two weeks. So you can keep trading picks up until the draft. Still, we'll see whether West Coast uh, entertain offers for pick one. But now everyone gets to take a breath, sit back and assess the market. That first North Melbourne offer of all those picks in the team <laughs> for pick one was pretty laughable, really. It'll need to be pick two or three as well as those picks in the team to even get West Coast to the table. Um, I think... With the beauty of time, I reckon that'll help West Coast get a better offer and, and some um, some more serious suitors for, for pick one. Why did West Coast play nice? Is it the fact that they played nice with Tyler Brockman? They could have got him for absolutely nothing. Is it just a – is it ethics? Is it a future planning that if they need to do work with Hawthorne in the future, do they just want to you know keep, an, keep the graces? Or is it 
just a matter of that they gave away something when they didn't need to because as we know, they could have got him for nothing. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I think a lot of that does go into the thinking. You know, in 12 months' time, you know, off the top of my head, you know, if Liam Duggan wants to move to Hawthorne, this is purely speculation, but to, to then you've got a favour in the bank, potentially, that's where your sort of thinking comes into it. And also to get the player in the door now. Tyler Brockman's a West Coast player now, as opposed to having to wait another month to get it done. I think you do it for the beauty of the player and the, and the player and their manager like to get it done as soon as possible. Um, so I just think it helps the beauty of it all. But the old ruthless West Coast might have had a different approach. But I do like what they've done in, in getting it up. They didn't really have to give up a, a whole stack for a player who makes them better next year. I'm not convinced that there is going to be anything North Melbourne can do going forward, no. Mitch, to get pick one. I, I, I think I think that first offer actually puts them backwards, and I think it was disrespectful to West Coast. I think it was embarrassing for North Melbourne, and I just think as much as, you know, you can play hardball on this. of it? You can play hardball on this. Exactly right. You can play hardball on this, but I think West Coast have Harley Reid so far in front of the chase pack that and they yep. and they and they are concerned as a football club, they are concerned of the backlash they will get at a lot of levels who support that football club if they give up pick one, knowing full well how elite he is. The only thing I'd throw back to you, Goss, is, is what if Dan Curtin reaches his potential and, and becomes the player that people in the West suggest? But that's the only thing. If you can get Curtin at pick two, and then get you know another quality player or two in the team. That might help them progress. I'm with you on Harley Reid. I think he's clearly the best player, and you know everyone you speak to says that. But I just think you know what happens with the Dan Curtin side of things. Do they almost take Reid back themselves to get him right and keep him long term? Like Correct. Correct. They've done, and then maybe do the reverse to what the Victorians are doing and get Curtin out of a Victorian club in, in three or four years. It's exactly right. So Mitch, so this is my this is my this is my spin on this. They will go one. Curtin is their fourth pick right now. Curtin's their fourth pick. Yep. McKercher and Dersma are certainly their second and th- third pick if they, or first and second if they were to split picks and get two, two and three, which North aren't going to give, but West Coast are going to ask for it because they, they believe those two might compensate for Harley Reid. Daniel Curtin they like and they want Daniel Curtin, but they, they do not put him in. They have not elevated him above those other three. No chance. How's this for a scenario that I was thinking last night driving home before I had my beer on the couch and my jocks? <laughs> West, West Coast trade next year's first round pick to someone like Hawthorne and try and get Curtin in that four to five to six bracket as well. So West Coast back themselves to jump a bit next year. So that pick for next year might be pick four, five, six. And then they'd trade it for Hawthorne who might be looking at a small forward like a Nick Watson with that pick. And they've just gone and got Jack Inovan. So the need for that pick four may not be there. Um, that's just you know one school of thought. Could West Coast get aggressive and, and trade next year's first pick, back themselves to jump a bit, and uh, get to work that way? Correct. When the suit comes off, do you just stop thinking? <laughs> I try to. <laughs> yeah, you're Not a smart really. man. I like that. I think that concept is absolutely right. But I, 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 I know I've put my mm. proverbials on the line a few times and had them knocked off. But I genuinely believe pick one is West Coast. They're not going to trade pick one. You've, you took it to the bank. Took it to the bank, and I'll stay with that. Stay with that. How was the... to Harley, Harley Reid having an ambassadorial role in your show next year? That was a great chat you had with him a few weeks ago. Uh, he was good, wasn't week, he, Mitch? So... He was good. He's been very – he's a very, very smart man who loves footy. He's a footballer. He's, he's not a boy trying to play football. Mm. He's a footballer. I love it. And, I, and, I, and someone asked, actually asked me during the week, 
which private school did he go to? And I said, no, he didn't go to private school. He, he just went to, you know, played his NAB league for, you know, Bendigo Pony. He's like, I love the country kid who would have had offers to go to private schools and he stayed with his mates and, and played local footy and yep. hopefully he's better for it in the long run. What was all the wash-up with uh, Jack Ginevan? How was the feeling over in, uh, in Melbourne amongst Collingwood supporters? I know a lot of them. Uh, have all of a sudden believed that he is a ducker. Uh, he has milk free kicks now and they never needed him. But uh, that was obviously the, the high-profile one, even even be it for a 42-gamer who's uh, who's 20-year-old. Yeah, I, I think it was a mutual parting in the end. As the weather of Collingwood drove him out or, or he drove it himself, I think you'll have different sides of the, the fence there, Scotty, as to what exactly went down. My read on it is that Jack Inovan was given sort of subtle hints by the coach and and some footy people around the pie, you know, footy management at the pies to sort of say, sharpen up your act. Then he kicks 40 goals in a season. The, the pies go and get Bobby Hill. 12 months later, he has to watch them go and get Lockie Schultz. So um, oh, I reckon he, he sort of read the room compared to what he did Mooney Valley night. <laughs> he, uh, he read the room this time, and I think it works out. He gets a four-year deal at the club he supported as a kid. He'll get games. He replaces Brockman in that small forward role, and he he probably would have been fighting for a sub role at, at Collingwood next year. So he gets to further his career. I think it's a, it's a pretty win-win for all parties. And the Pies did pretty well out of the deal. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I've read this somewhere. I don't know how much truth it is, Mitch. It might have been you. It might have been someone connected to you that he spoke and said goodbye to Craig McRae. He's spoken to Sam Mitchell and he's asked for permission to go to the Caulfield Cup tomorrow. That wasn't me, but uh, that does not surprise me knowing a little bit about what Jack Ginevan brings to the table. I like it and I think Jack Inman and James Sisley in the same team working together could be uh, could be fireworks next year. Hey, good on you, mate. So, what happens to you now? I mean, you, I know draft is still a month away. Do you get a little oh, bit of a chop out break, or are you going to still chip away? He's big in Cup Week. He's really big in the Spring Carnival, <laughs> Mitch. <laughs> I'm actually going to the States uh, in a few weeks, guys. So, oh, nice. keen to see actually a Perth boy, Jesse Merker. I'm going to watch him punt for Ohio State in the college football. He's uh, a good, uh, a good Fremantle boy who's uh, doing big things in college football. So keen to see what he brings to the yeah, table. Yeah, the name is very Fremantle. Is this work, Mitch, or is it just a little bit of interest while you're over there? A little bit of, little bit of fun. No, just a, just a, a boys trip with a few mates to uh, watch a bit of sports, Scotty. Uh, so you just, so you just, you just edit that little bit. I'm going over <laughs> to watch uh, Merco just for the t- ATO. That you just put the uh, the expenses in. Did you learn nothing over grand final week, Mitch? <laughs> are, we, are we off air yet? <laughs> hey, mate, well done. Taking out the Scotty Palmer through Gary and Kane and everyone who thinks you were the uh, the uh, class above, and you were. He is. He absolutely is. Has been for a while. And what you do is you acknowledge when someone else has thrown something out there, you acknowledge them, you tag them in. There's a couple of uh, blokes on Trade Radio who make out that every single trade is across their desk first. Uh-oh. <laughs> no comment. Uh-oh. <laughs> Me neither. Have a good one, mate. All the best. See you guys. He's the best. Mitch Cleary, Channel 7 footy reporter, and he's known as the Masai, and he just gets things done. We appreciate his In a great chat. way. In a really good uh, he's way. He's a good man from a very good stock, too, is Mitch Cleary. This is Scotty and Goss. Great to have Mitch Cleary from Channel 7 on board. Oh, no. Yes, not straight after Mitch Cleary left us. Did you feel like he was a little bit... Uh... Distracted. Thank you. I think he was distracted right towards the very end. Did he, he, did he wrap dog. us up? I think he did because the <laughs> nah, story nah. has broken. 
and breaking as we speak. AFL drug bombshell player from a Melbourne-based finals team has returned a positive swab. Mark Robinson reports the AFL has been rocked by a player from a Melbourne-based club returning a positive drug test. Uh, a player from a Melbourne-based finals team has tested positive to drugs oh. late in the home and away season. A urine sample taken from the player after a game in the weeks leading up to the AFL finals returned a positive to a banned substance believed to be cocaine. It's understood the player took the drug just days out from the home and away fixture. He was tested after the game by Sports Integrity Australia officials as part of the regular in-competition testing, and the result of that test wasn't known until after the finals. Source close to it says the player was from a Melbourne Blaze club, which means he would have played for either the Demons, Collingwood, Carlton, or St Kilda. Oh, no. Um, what does that mean? Four years? If it's game, it was a game, game day. day. Yes, yeah, four years. Wow. That is a big story. The AFL uh, has confirmed the positive test and the AFL is working with the player on the matter. The penalty for an in-competition positive test is up to four years suspension, although there are provisions for a lesser penalty in some situations. Might have been in his stake. Did, Rich, did Richmond play in the final? No, no. <laughs> hey, our next guest is a West Aussie. Good to have him back in WA, which is interesting because on Saturday... He's a connection of a horse that goes around as one of the favourites for the Caulfield Cup. Sulcum and uh, all, and more, most importantly, one of the good blokes going around. Don't worry about that. His name is Nathan Broad, three-time Premiership player, WA boy, and now horse owner. How are you, Broad? Yeah, good boys. Good to see you. Yeah, it's coming in. Great to see you, uh, mate. One bonus for not making finals, I guess, is it's not one of us. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's pretty scary, though, isn't it? That, oh yeah, that's big. Yeah, there's um, yeah, that's. Oh yeah, whoever it is or whatever has happened, um, there's no hiding or going around that. You're um, yeah, you screwed four years. That's so. game day. Game day, yeah, yeah. So, so the that's trade the finishes, and now all of a sudden, every lens and every journal will be focusing in on that, and that's not going to. Can they keep that under wraps? No, I don't think with Asada. And yeah, they'll just name the player. That's a separate thing. Um, I think there's three strikes with with Dorovich, who's who's run hide by the AFL, but. When it comes to game day in Asada, um, yeah, that's oh. one strike, you're done. That is a very, very, um, very, so very you big just story. Confirmed. Are they saying that it was consumed the night before? A couple of days before. A couple of days before a game, you're on the gear. Jeez. Anyway, um, so the report says it has. it is a Melbourne based team that played finals Demons, Collingwood, Carlton, or St Kilda. Yeah, heavy, right? Yeah, crazy, big story. Hey, thanks for coming in. Uh, There's more than that. We've hit you between the eyes with that one. We are going to take a break for some news. Come back. Fleet Network, we're going to talk about, in particular, Sulcombe, life as a dad with you. Mm. And also the Tigers, who uh, did a bit of work at the trade as well, and your new players are coming in and coming out, and we appreciate you coming in. Nathan Broad from the Richmond Football Club, of course. Part owner of Sulcombe. Don't forget, don't forget, join the Red Army, the Wildcats this season as well. Get your tickets from Ticketek. News is next. It's time for an odds update. Yeah. Thanks to Ladbrokes. Yes. Ladbroker. Ladbroker. Download the Ladbrokes app today. Well, the great man Tommy Hackett is here. Gee, I'll tell you what, see the quarter you'd ask got yesterday paid $160,000. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just 5% would have been nice. I'm filthy. Only, I only put it on for 50%. That's <laughs> how so dirty about that. Tommy Hackett, good morning. Good morning, boys. One Ladbrokes punter got the Ascot quaddy yesterday. 115% of it, if you don't mind. Oh. Three, ho- 
three horses in each leg. He did. Unbelievable hunting. He did. Someone put it through, uh, tagged it through to me on Gostradamus, and I posted it. And people said, oh, no, it can't be right. It was on the betting slip. It was on the Ladbrokes Uh, betting slip. Will this affect uh, Goss's payments over the next (laughs) three to four months? We we, we might have to find this punter, and he might become our new WA racing expert. All right, mate. I'm out of form. Hey, Tommy, we've got Nathan Broad from the Richmond Football Club here, who is one of the part owners of Solcombe, which goes around at a very tidy price tomorrow in the Caulfield Cup on Saturday, should I say. And you like Solcombe. You can speak to – get the word from, straight from the horse's mouth. He's here. Tommy. Yeah, I'm very keen on Solcombe in this Caulfield Cup. I think it's an outstanding addition to the Caulfield Cup, one of the strongest we've seen in some time. Solcombe now out to $7 in the Ludbrokes market, which I think is an outstanding bet. He just had the perfect preparation for this race, that really impressive first start win. Very tough behind Alligator Blood at weight for age level in the Underwood Stakes. And then the perfect flashing lights run for the Caulfield Cup in the Turnbull Stakes last start. I'm sure Brody's heard this as well, but I heard from the Waller camp that his track work on Tuesday morning was absolutely scintillating as well. So I think he's clearly the horse to beat. $7 is a great price for Solcom in the Caulfield Cup. All right, Brody, give us... No, you, I, I, you told us it was struggling and it was unfit and probably no chance. It should be double-figure. Yeah, blow, blow it out, Blow it out, Tommy. <laughs> blow it right out. How, what, what's the mail like? What's the mail? We've got uh, Tommy Hacker from Ladbrokes listening, so this will all depend. No, Tommy, Tommy's nailed it. Track work the other day was unbelievable. Um, three of the boys from our syndicate went down and watched, um, and Chris was down there on track as well, and they, they couldn't be happier with the prep at the moment. Um, it's done exactly what they wanted it to do so far. Um, that first up win was, yeah, just out there to mm. to be the numbers, to be honest, and it ended up winning. Um, and he couldn't believe the horse he had under him that day, um, Blake Shin. So, yeah, it's going in a great position. Uh, everything so far is good. We've got a meeting at 11 o'clock, uh, 11.30 Melbourne time to go over a few things and listen okay. to what Chris has got to say. Okay. I, won't be, I won't be saying nothing. I own its toenail, but <laughs> I'll be, um, yeah, listening in and see what they reckon. Um, it's very exciting. Apparently Shorty has said that he's been to Caulfield four times in a week and he didn't know where Caulfield was before. <laughs> before. <laughs> How he's in on this is just beside himself. <laughs> he doesn't know what a furlong is. He doesn't know what anything is. He's, he's got no idea. He's just riding the highlight. He's enjoying the, he's he's riding enjoying the, the ride. Yeah. Uh, nice work. Uh, what about the full market then, Tommy Hackett? Gold Trip is the favourite, looking to become the first horse since viewed to win the Caulfield Cup the year after winning the Melbourne Cup. He's $5. Westwind Blows, the uh, European galloper. He was second in the Turnbull Stakes. He's $6.50. He's the main danger to Sulcum for mine. The market movement's been without a fight. He's been $9 into $7.50. And if you're looking for a roughie for your exotics, I think Spirit Ridge will be in the mix. He's $34 to win, $8.50 to place with Ludbrokes. He's a very, very fit horse. He doesn't run a bad race. He's been placed in the Wine Cup, the Newcastle Cup, and the Metropolitan. He'll be in the race for a long way. So if you're playing your uh, box, the exotics, I've got Sulcum, West Wind Blows, Who Your Mouth from the Gay Waterhouse, and Adrian Bot Stable, and then Spirit Ridge to add a bit of value. Good work, mate. Appreciate your time, Tommy. And uh, Northern Races today, so get on to Ladbrokes oh. and the Mates mode. Yeah, I, that's my that's neck of the woods. He wears the black shorts up there. <laughs> <in> Northern, <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Good luck, Brody. Thank you. Cheers. That odds update thanks to Ladbrokes. Yeah. Ladbroken on all your favourite racing. Download the Ladbrokes app today. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. How many horses do you are you share? I know this is John O'Neill, who is one of the most successful owners going around, um, has a lot of the Richmond boys in. He's a Richmond man. 
How many horses are you involved in and how long has racing been a part of what you've loved? Uh, I think we've got about seven or eight now. Um, <laughs> yeah, got a few now. We've got... Um, is your bride listening? Yeah, I know, hopefully not. <laughs> um, got a couple with Michael Hickmont over in Adelaide, which is through Johnny too. And yeah, Michael's awesome. So we've got a fair few with him. And then the rest, yeah, in Melbourne with multiple trainers with Johnny. And obviously Aussie Cahir, who's just, yeah, amazing. Those two have been so generous to us, Richard and boys. And welcomed us into their syndicate. And um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey so far. And I'm very excited for Saturday. Any real good ones? Yeah, not yet. The wind's on Saturday. <laughs> That's huge, though, isn't it? I mean, you talk about whether you own 1%, 5%, 2%, whatever it may I mean, be, half a percent. You could be a part owner of a Caulfield Cup winner. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, I was just telling Scotty before off air that I'm flying over tomorrow morning for for a uh, fly-in, fly-out to it, and I'm um, getting a bit of butterflies, to be honest, start thinking about it. And I don't get nervous for any games of footy uh, or anything don't like that. You? Nah, and I honestly am, yeah, getting nervous for this. Um, so <laughs> it's cool. It's, it gives you that feeling, I guess, um, that you get from games, um, and it's another way of getting it. So, yeah, I absolutely love my horse racing. What about the pingering uh, pretender? He's in as well, Liam Baker. <laughs> Liam Baker. He, he won't be flying in, I would imagine. No, no, he's in America with Jack Graham, who's also an owner, um, but they're back for the Cox Plate, so... They were on the phone to Johnny a couple of weeks ago, pushing, oh, just run it in the cocks, run it in the cocks. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to be trackside. But, um, yeah, no, it's exciting. They'll be watching it from Vegas, I think. So um, could be a big, good blow of their winnings in one night if oh, it gets up. Can you imagine? Oh, no. yeah, can you imagine? We're big fans of of, of Bakes. Absolutely. Uh, just, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to dig a bit about your, your year with Richmond and notice, and I want to notice to everyone, you did pick a Brownlow medal. Did you go to the Brownlow? Uh, no, I got suspended this year, so um, oh, yeah, I watched it from uh, home. Yeah, you got a vote? Yeah, got a vote. How'd yeah. you go there? So when, when you're sitting there, did you think, this is my game? No, God, no. No, it happened <laughs> last year too. I, I went to the round low last year and Dimmer was on our table and he goes... I don't know how you blokes got invited because you won't be getting a vote. You won't be getting a vote. <laughs> so to get you one got one against or... West Coast last year. Yeah, that was And nine, you got one, one against Geelong this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 12 one percenters in the game against Geelong. Yeah, right. Okay. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Maybe the, um- see, the umpires are See? coming around. Ah, they're not. not all of a sudden, maybe not a midfield award. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll take a break and come back. Nathan Broad's in the studio talking a bit about Sulcombe, a bit about Richmond. Any questions for Broady? Let us know. 13 12 55, Depot open line or the temperate bedshed text line 0487736736. The breaking story been reported heavily now in Melbourne and on socials is that a Victorian-based player has returned a positive game day test believed to be cocaine and is staring down a four-year suspension. That is going to be a massive story today, tomorrow and the next day. Not what the AFL needed after some big trade news over the last couple of weeks. Let's get a breakaway, come back. Nathan Broad in studio next. Pell back on the inside. Jimmy the Bear is coming home hard. It's flash flood, 250 metres to go from the summit. Jimmy the Bear, Junipel the inside, still flash flood at the 150. Sulcum is flashing through. Here comes Sulcum. Sulcum from the clouds. What a win. Sulcum wins it by half a length. Where were you? Uh, where was I? I was at home. I was in Melbourne and I was at home. Not one of us went down. Not one of us had a dollar on it that day. Um, we were told like no one, Johnny, had, didn't have one dollar on it. We were told and it's just going to, you know, just run through the paces. Run. Yeah, yeah. See how it goes. It was a 1700, I think, that race, which is just way out of Sulcombe's league. Just thought it was a community cup game yeah. in February. Don't get injured. And yeah, Blake Shin reckons it felt like he had a Ferrari under him. So... Um, yeah, twenty fives. I think it was. Yeah. So you've dumped Blake Shin though. You've got Craig Williams on. Yeah, he he won it in the uh, Roy Higgins. Um, got a good connection uh, with Craig. The horse does. You reckon so. Good luck. Uh, it's exciting well. times for you. So Sulcombe goes around Caulfield Cup. Um, it is a really good field. As we heard from Tommy Hacker from Labro, it's a really good field. So uh, good luck with that one, mate. Um, uh, change your coach, Adam Uze. 
Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I was uh, wasn't I loved Andrew McWalter. Um, had him for my whole career at Richmond. Um, legend of a bloke, and yeah, I was kind of pushing for Andrew to come on as head coach and. Um, yeah, and then now Uze's come on and I've met him a couple of times and yeah, he's just an absolute ripper. Couldn't be happier. Um, he's bringing in new ideas. Um, we've got Chris Newman, who was captain before Koch, mm. come back across as midfield coach. So all of a sudden, um, yeah, there's a lot of buzz around. Boys are trying to impress. So everyone's flying at the moment, which is the old preseason. <laughs> yeah, we're oh, all I'm, flying. I was never flying in the off season. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's exciting. Or so. preseason, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I never flew. <laughs> oh, you did. Hey, I remember a day at the Wacker against the Adelaide yeah, Cons. Yeah, okay. I remember this. Hey, yeah. Cummings going at number 14, the best ever by an eagle. I was there. I was there, mate. The Cut. wacker, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that says enough. <laughs> really? What's wrong with it? Well, you just saying that that was a while ago. A <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> you know I take back one of the good blokes you'll ever meet. What a crap bloke, Hope Sullivan. What's your expectation as a footy team at Richmond? I mean, everyone thinks bounce back. Other people saying, mm, the perch has come and you've gone over the edge. What's a player's perspective? You can only be positive. I'm not expecting you to say, no, we're no good. But just how quickly can you get back to being the Richmond we know? I think very quick, yeah. We um, probably didn't realise what was happening during the year to us. We lost a coach, Lynchy, and Gibkiss went down, Lynchy back, but then out. And um, probably took a bit of a toll on us without really knowing. We sat down at the end of the season and said, it's not that bad. Once Mini took over, I think we were in the eight. So... Um, everything was was going all right, but probably yeah, not yeah. So we um yeah, we're excited now. We'll come, we've got Kaczynski coming on board. Um, Big Lynchy's going great. His foot's fixed, which is great. That was um, the key. Missing him was massive. It oh, left yeah. a lot to Jack, didn't it? Who was you know obviously at the end of his career. Yeah. But Lynch fit to go. Fit to go. Yeah. So Kaczynski far, touch wood. Replaces Jack. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be the thing. Noel Bolter too. He obviously played forward for the last couple of games, um, and yeah, played really really well. So if we can get. Joshy Gibkiss back. Um, we could play him down back and maybe bolt up forward as well. So he'd be the forgotten bloke, wouldn't he? Oh, Gibkiss, gotcha, cause, yeah. Because he was two years ago. He came out of nowhere and was played every game. Fantastic, mm, and yeah. then uh, no good. Yeah, no good. His hammy just yeah kept going, and as you, you might know, I'm not sure, but rehab's a bloody lonely place. Yeah. Um, they kind of get missing a bit. Their schedule's different. You don't see him as much. So he was a bit forgotten this year, but he's been over to Qatar with our phys- physio guy and. Met some, uh, yeah, really smart people and high-leveled people. So, fingers crossed for Joshy. Um, he can have a great season and, yeah, Tigers can bounce back. What was the overall feeling you get from the fans? It was such a huge fan base, Richmond, and we know that Collingwood's fan base were up and about and rightfully so. Do your fans, not wanting to chase a headline here, but do you feel them turning and getting annoyed if you're not winning because of what you've been able to achieve and with those three flags? Yeah, you, you do because we've got so many fans. You Obviously, you get the ones that are, you know, they just want to be winning. They want to be at the top of the time. Why aren't we winning the premiership? And then you get the ones that are just so grateful that have waited 37 years for um, for one flag and then you speak to them and they say, look, if we finish last for the rest of my life, I'm happy. Those three flags absolutely made my life. So you get the good and the bad, but um, I wouldn't have our fans any other way. They're very passionate, but oh. also very caring. But I remember the you know, the, the, the prelims of that of 17 and 19 uh, and the grand finals went to all those. The noise. Mate, oh, yeah. When you boys run out with the drums, is brilliant, but then the song going as well. They are as mental as they get. Oh, yeah. I would, even like some of the prelims, like prelim against the Giants, I, I felt bad for the Giants that day because we had about – 97,000 Richmond fans and about 3,000 <laughs> yeah. Giants fans. But, yeah. um, oh, yeah, it is. It's awesome. And we're located right in the heart of Melbourne. So, um, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to be at a different club.
Now, Scotty, you're showing me something now. The news is coming, uh, continuing to evolve in regards to this breaking story in the East. Um, mm. It is a we're, – we're reporting – it's being reported it's a Melbourne player. A Melbourne player, yes. Um, wouldn't say he's <clears throat> front line, but well, certainly a name that played for Absolutely. Played well, football. it's been reported. I think this is on Fox Footy website, I think it is. We'll go with allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly, Melbourne's Joel Smith has tested positive to drugs late in the home and away season. A urine sample taken from Smith after a game in the weeks leading up to the AFL finals returned positive for a banned substance believed to be cocaine. He understood well, Smith took the drug just days out from a home and away match. Anyway, that's being reported uh, on other media outlets, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. But Joel Smith is the allegedly is the player that has been um, has been named. Um, what are you doing? So you go, you going back to the races? What are you wearing? When yeah. you fly out, what are you going to wear? Uh, suit Vault here in WA, who looks after. Oh all. yes, yeah, yeah, he's suit um, Vault. Jared yeah, Briotti. Yeah. Yes, yes, he sorted me out with a suit for Caulfield Cup and got me a suit made. I thought I'd treat myself and get myself a suit made for the Melbourne. So, nice. and you yeah. do, you do like Brownlows and, and functions and best and fairest and awards nights. So you do, you're a snappy dresser. Uh, yeah, well, I've got a the beautiful bride. wife who yeah, takes the over. The, yeah, she she takes all the limelight. So I'm heading over there by myself tomorrow. So <laughs> bit of me staying. time. Yeah, she's staying with the bub. Yeah, which is which is very nice of her. So head over tomorrow and fly back Sunday morning at 8 a.m. So if we win, good luck with that. It should yeah. be good fun. <laughs> So you had your one-year anniversary? Yeah, had that yesterday, yeah. I must say, as as president of blokes batting above themselves club, you're well and truly in it. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm happy to admit that, too. I am batting well above my average. She's, yeah, something's got to go wrong because she's great at the moment. (laughs) I knew her when she was a nobody, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She's a gun. She's absolutely beautiful. So, yeah, Goss is experienced in this, right? Three times. Three times. He's he's gone around. When does it start to go pear-shaped? The first year is the honeymoon period? Is it after that? No, probably the night after. (laughs) Well, my old man's a couple, too, so he's got some bad advice. Mate, it's a running gag. I have not been married three times. I'm very happily married to the one I've got right now until probably to next the current, Wednesday. To the Thursday. current bride. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming in, Brody. All the very best. We're so excited about yeah. Sulkham, mate. We'll be cheering for you. Yes, thank you. Uh, always gamble responsibly, but you're telling everyone to load up. Yep, load up. Get on it. Each way. Great each way. And you're yeah. back after that. Quick flyback. Yep, come back on Sunday morning. Yep, spend a few more weeks here. Just and then... in time for the session at the cot. Yeah, so we'll see how we go. See you there. Don't <laughs> forget, imagine what you could be buying instead. Nathan Broad, Solcombe, Caulfield Cup, we cannot wait. And if it wins, Liam Baker will be our guest next week. <laughs> <laughs> in whatever state and wherever he is in the world. He'll be being thrown out of every casino in Vegas. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Brody. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Thank you. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. SEN Breakfast, if you didn't listen, this is what you've missed. It was a prison bloke that got it, went out injured. I've had a brain fart. <laughs> uh, Brian? Ron? Oh, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Who's Brian? Who was the... We're all Brian. Boy, oh, boy, wow. Well, Thanks, Brian. <laughs> the Brisbane defender, Mr. Grand Final. John Lithgow, 78. He's an American actor. Mm. He appeared in this. Oh, he's Lord Farquaad. That's who he is. is <laughs> Lord Farquaad. Same to you, sure. mate. Hey, Tom Bosley uh, passed away on oh, this no. day. Yeah. Mr. C. I went to the Roundlow last year and dinner was on our table and he goes, I don't know how you blokes got invited because you won't be getting a vote. You won't be getting a vote. <laughs> 